Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Amen. I love it. I love it. Right on point. Much has been said on today. It has been an amazing day, starting from the sun that has written, excuse me, risen, and our bishop who just provided some amazing, dropped some seeds of knowledge for yeah, us on yeah. the day that was just absolutely amazing. Um, by God's grace, I won't be before you too long, but he did, because I was saying, sitting there, I was like, Bishop is really saying a lot of what <laughs> you're telling me to say. And I said, should I yield? And he said, I still need you to tell them what I said, because it's relevant on today. So if you all can be with um, myself and I'll let the Lord use me as He deems fit. Um, provide you some additional information, but uh, not to make you happy twice. Happy that they may come up here and to the death if you may go. So, by God's grace, um, if you can yield to Him, um, Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. come before you right now to say thank you. Thank you for being such a living God, available to hear our cry on today and to set us in a large place. Thank you for being the truth that is constant in our lives. We call you Abba, Father, and we come before you today boldly, boldly seeking mercy, which is the unmerited favor of God in our time of need. Today, Father, we know that you are the God of all flesh, and there is nothing, that means no thing, too hard for you. We will attempt to do your work often by worrying and by conviction. We stumble, but help bring all these burdens that we carry around. Help us bring them to you, Lord, and drop them off at your feet in worship meaning putting our eyes upon you. I thank you for that. Help us exchange our worry for worship. Help us, oh God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, truly allowing your word to be the light unto our feet and a lamp unto our pathway. We have allowed worry and strife to access into the doors of our heart. Help us to draw near to you, O oh God, so that we can experience the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding and is able to keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for sharing the secret things with your disciples, for your word admonishes us in Matthew 24 to take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in your name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. 
for all these things, they must come to pass, you said, but the end is not yet. I thank you, God, allow your word to be enluring and come off the page. Say what you want to have your people hear and know, as our bishop said, plant the seed that some may come in water, and then we know that you will ultimately get the increase. We thank you in the name of Jesus as I decrease, let you increase in this place. Amen. 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 So, on today, the word of the Lord is CPR. The word of the Lord is critical process of recovery. Amen. The critical process of recovery. And so, we're going to go ahead and get into it. And uh, it comes from Matthew chapter 24. And the signature verses in which we are going to read, I have already started, um, that he said to take heed, no man will deceive you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. That part is really incredible. Incredible. See that you're not troubled, that we're not roaming around, that our, our minds are not discontented because of everything that is happening around us. Um, we'll hear of wars. We hear of it. Ukraine, the war in Ukraine is going on constantly. That's the one that's forever before us right now. But there's wars going on, civil unrest in Africa and all over the world that we don't hear of. Um, and he said, see that we are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7 says, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes, and divers, which means multiple places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. They shall deliver up, deliver us up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And for many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall be abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now all of that probably causes a spirit of unrest inside you. But verse 13 kicks it up with the hope. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Amen, amen, amen. So I am here on today to talk about the critical process of recovery, CPR. And in the medical field, CPR represents cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which is an emergency procedure consisting of chest compressions like this. And that chest compression is combined with artificial ventilation 
And that is in an effort to preserve the intact of the brain function. Because in the medical field or otherwise, you know that when the heart is there, it produces blood. And the blood is carried throughout all the vessels within of your body. But the main and one of the most critical vessels is your brain. And when blood is pumped up through your brain, then your brain is the command center that tells everything what to do. So my brain tells my arm to move it over this way. It tells my legs that you can move. It tells my mouth that you can speak, my eyes that you can see. So the brain or the command center is what tells us that we can do what we can do. Well, that command center is how our Lord and Savior Christ used, amen? And when the command center, when we're plugged into the blood, the blood, the blood, then that blood will go and it will go to each and every branch, each and every place of our lives, and we're able to plead the blood of Jesus upon every situation and know that he has it in his hand. Oh, I loved when he talked about CPR. And he talked about how CPR is performed often when a person has hit a place of unconsciousness. When they've been in a place as it relates to a stroke or as it relates to a heart attack or even for someone who is experiencing drowning, there's a place of unconsciousness where we as believers, as one caring about our brethren, we are charged to go over and perform CPR, critical pulmonary resuscitation. And we do that, as I remember when I was in the medical training, training to get my medical certificate years ago. When I was in that training and I learned that CPR, when there's somebody that is unconscious and you run up and you want to help, even as uh, a good Samaritan, because you don't have to be fully trained medically to understand that when someone is in need of help, that you have the ability to go and help. And so what I learned in CPR is that you go over, if there's someone that is not breathing, then you will pinch their nose and open their mouth and you will pour your breath Breathe your breath, the breath of life, into them, and then followed by chest compressions. And you would take two, your hands, put them together, lock them, find the part on your chest, and then you will go with your hands, you will push, push, push. And then you would do that with the chest compression, and then you will breathe again into their nose. And you will keep doing that until emergency services arise. Now, oftentimes, when you are experienced or placed into this position, oftentimes you won't know what to do. It's important to get the training or to get the awareness of the training beforehand because you never know when you will need that training. But I am confident that if you get the training, the CPR training beforehand, that when a circumstance arises, that you will be able to kick into motion and you will be able to be a vessel used to save the life of someone else. Oh, that CPR, 
is a life-saving technique that I'm telling you, if you have not experienced it, you don't really understand the benefits of it. So as I went in further and I said, all right, I know that I am out of the medical field because I recognize that there's some component I'm just not able to do. And if you are in the medical field, you're bound by that. So I did not want to put my breath on a person and I did not know what other fluids they would get back. So I just had to make a hard decision and go into something else. But if we now do CPR, we don't have to do the mouth. So you don't have to do the mouth now, you can just do the hand compression and we can still save someone's life. There's another tool in which we can save someone's life and it's called the AED. And the CDC says that the AED is the automatic external defibrillator. And what that does is when you put it on the person who has lost consciousness, what the automatic external defibrillator does is it analyzes the heart's rhythm and if necessary, delivers a shock so that the heart can reestablish a rhythm and continue to work. So we talked about the heart on today and how the blood gets pumped from the heart into the central processing unit, which is the brain. And it does that in a manner so that we could walk and live and talk into all of our normal things. Now our heart does that just regularly. We don't have to tell our heart to skip a beat. We don't have to tell our heart, heart, I need you to send the blood to my foot so that my foot can send it to my leg so my leg can move. We don't have to do that. If we did, it would be inefficient and we would be ineffective in doing what we need to do. So the beauty of the heart, the beauty of CPR is recognizing that in order for the central processing unit to work, the blood, has to get to that place. Did you hear me? The blood has to get to that place. And the blood of Jesus, Pastor just talked about the resurrection of Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood still works. So when you're thinking about CPR, if we're thinking about the central resuscitation of the pulmonary arteries going into our veins so that our heart can transmit it to our brains. What does that mean? Let me tell you. In the context of Matthew 23, it, if you go there, it will tell you about the woes that Jesus was telling his disciples and all of those who were in the earshot. In Matthew 23, it was telling about the woes of the scribes and the Pharisees. It was breaking it down. Go and read that chapter. And then, what we are talking about today in chapter 24, you will be able to see the context. But in Matthew chapter 4, which is where we are today, we get a glimpse, a glimpse from that text that is describing a period of unrest. Aren't we all experiencing on some level a period of unrest in this nation across the world? And so it, in Matthew 24, gave me hope because it said, this is not new. 
Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun. So if it draws a parallel in the scripture that unrest has happened back then, and it had to settle out because we're here today. So if it happened back then and we're here today, then it gives me a little bit insight of how to handle the unrest that is occurring in our lives today. So in Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, it jumped off the stage by saying, and Jesus went out. Saying, I don't know what you all um, are feeling, but when Jesus walks out, when Jesus leaves, unrest comes in. Some versions say and, some versions say then. And what that denotes is there's a line of demarcation, a line that says after this point, Jesus walked out. This passage says he went out and departed from the temple, cold. And his disciples came and came running. Jesus, look at this temple. Look at what's going on here. Don't you see? That's just like having the majesty right in front of us, seeing and knowing everything that's going on. And we're still, line by line, doing the Monday morning quarterback saying, look, this was happening. Can you see all of this? It's a mess. So his disciples is bringing it to the creator and saying, this is a mess. You see this? Creative light. I was cracking up on this. Creative license suggests that Jesus was like, come on now. His disciples said, this is nuts. You see these people? The temple. The temple. Look at the temple. And creative license told me that the temple is likewise the temple of us. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, surely you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I imagined in this time frame that his disciples, like you and like me, when we look at someone and we're like, look at this. Look at how they're acting. Look at what your temple is doing. Didn't you create that? Either we're talking about a person's race, or we're talking about the sexuality, or we're talking about the mind. We're like, look at what this is happening. As if he does not know. I was cracking up. <laughs> Disciples like these people are nuts. <laughs> I don't know how you all read the word, but it is. But can't you? Didn't I crack the last one when I was reading it? I said, Do you see what God is saying? His disciples, I know I do. I'm like, Look at your people. Look at them. <laughs> Look at them, God. Can you fix this? He's like, I've already been there. That's why I left. Because I'm not going to be a part of no mess. Right. So he walked out. His disciples came running. Maybe it'll become real funny to you when you read it. But I looked at that and I saw myself in there saying, these people are nuts. And Jesus, just so amazing. This is the first point that I want to bring out to you. So when we're talking about CPR, critical process of recovery. So number one, critical. It is critical for us to acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord. When we acknowledge that he is Lord, then when we're saying, look at your people, he's like, mm -hmm, I already know. If I tell Stephen to stay there, the rest of it is yours. <laughs> he didn't cut me down on some level. 
Look at your people. So when they came to him, uh, Jesus did not even sugarcoat it. In verse 2 it says, Jesus said to them, See ye not all, excuse me, and Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall be not any stone left that is, wait a minute, all of those thousands such, let me just break it down. There shall not be any one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. There shall not be any stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus did not sugarcoat his response. And so sometimes we're looking for um, uh, uh, God to coddle us. We're looking for God to just be just really nice and a sweet voice and just tell us, you know, everything is going to be all right. And that is not what he did. He said this has to happen because this is a sign that I'm on my way. But the end is not here. We are often, as I talked about CPR, we can't go up to somebody who is not responsive and speak to them in a very nice voice and say, it's going to be okay. It's, it's all right, because they can't hear us. Sometimes in CPR, people get broken bones, broken chest bones, because when you're compressing on them and you're trying to get that blood to flow again, that blood is what is needed, but the pressure that we are placing upon a person's chest upon the cavity that is holding their heart, that pressure may be so much that the bones may break. And I ask myself, why if we are medically inclined, why are we being so gentle? And he showed me in that word. Sometimes we can't sugarcoat it. Sometimes we can't be so gentle because God wants the blood to continue to be able to flow so that it can reach its objective that he sent out. Sometimes he ain't going to it for us. So then Jesus said, all right, let me go ahead. He left and he went and he sat upon the Mount of Olives. And when he sat upon the Mount of Olives, I thought of, Jesus went to a place where he, the Mount of Olives was, was on high, and when we look at the fact that he sat, he was in a position of rest. He was in a position where he was trying to relax. But here goes those disciples again. And disciples came unto him. Jesus said unto them at that point, Take heed 
that no man deceive you. So they're asking him privately because they didn't understand. And his first words was, take heed, pay attention, be alert so that no man deceive you. He said, for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. We just heard today from our bishop that somebody's calling themselves Yahweh. That was shocked to me because I limit the portal of my eyes and what's in my ears. I limit that. So I didn't even know that that person was professing themselves to be Yahweh. I didn't know that. But Jesus said, right in time for today, I am Christ. He said, people will come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. When I heard that, and I knew that this part was in the passage, in the message, and I turned to my sister and I said, what? He said, many will be deceived. So the person who I'm purposely not saying the name, who is calling themselves Yahweh, is a cabillionaire. That there's many people that, that he is able to influence through his message and divert them from the Lord. He said, many shall be deceived. And you shall hear wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. He didn't say, don't be troubled. He said, see that you're not troubled. So whatever we're looking at, don't allow that thing to get into the heart, the ventricles that is needed to pump the blood to the vein to tell your CPU what to do. Because when there is trouble, when there is unrest, when there is circumstances that overwhelms us, we allow fear, the false evidence appearing real, to freeze us and to stop our heart so that we end up having either a stroke, because the CDC says when your heart stops pumping blood, it's either a heart attack, a stroke, and or it could lead to dementia. So it is really important that we take care of our heart and allow the blood to continue to be healthy so that we can have a good heart and a good brain, right? And that's in the CDC. So I was, I was chuckling, but not in laughter, when the word of the Lord said, for nation shall rise against nation. Because last week, we talked about the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of powers, of principalities, of rulers of this dark age. Nations, nations of different people, different um, action, diverse opportunities. Everybody has an agenda. And when you become strong in that unification of that agenda, it is considered to be a nation. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, famines of God's word. When you have people who are not God saying that I am Yahweh, that's a famine of God's word. A famine is where there's a land that the word of God does not exist where water does not exist, and we know that the word of God is our water. It is the thing that brings us life. So if it does not exist, there's a famine. And pestilence, that's all of these 
um, uh, locusts, locust worms, flies, anything that causes a distraction, pestilence. In my home, we experience an invasion of the ants. And ants is a good creature to study when we're talking about the, the, the biblical identity of them. But they're not good creatures when they influence in your house and saying, we take it over this place, right? When you go to get a cup of coffee and the ant is diving under in the village. So pestilence is an irritation that will completely take your mind off of Christ and you go into, oh my gosh, get this out of here. Pestilence. He said there shall be pestilence. There will be aggravations, flies. You can't focus because a fly swatting, trying to move all over the place. And the enemy wants to get us distracted from what our main identity is, which is to tell of the good news. We can't tell of the good news when we're so enamored and focused on the infestation of ants. Right? The infestation of flies. How about those spiders? What about the deer that's coming in and steal and eat all the fruit? You sit up there studying God's word, and then something comes, whoosh, next thing you know, where's that doggone fly swatter? Where's that spray? The devil has gotten his way. He's distracted you from the word of God. Pestilence and earthquakes. Earthquakes, the earth is just opening up and just boom, swallowing things. And so sometimes an earthquake is described as something that came and it was like a home invasion. It just came and rocked your world. It was something that you did not expect and the thing that was whole in your life is now broken. An earthquake in diverse or various places. So an earthquake may be coming up in your world it may come up in your children's world, and then it's a tsunami of issues that occur. He said, this is going to happen. And it's the beginning of sorrows. And when he likened sorrows, it was very similar to what he did in Genesis, where he said, Eve will have sorrow in childbearing. That means we, our children, those who have children and those who um, have adopted children or you know, you don't have to have birthed a child. But if you are influencing, if you are imparting, if there's a child that weighs on your heart, there's a sorrow there because you're thinking about that child all the time, no matter what, no matter how old, how young, how young at heart, they are always on your mind. And the sorrow brings every emotion because you want the best for them even when they are walking down the path that they don't have a clue. And so it's the beginning of the sorrows. And they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated by all nations for my sake. And I thought about this, and I thought about many years ago when the word of the Lord came and said there will become a time when when we decree, decree and declare God's word, we will often be silenced. That we will have to go into our bathrooms at work, go into our um, 
committees go elsewhere because we won't be able to proclaim it as openly as we had in the past. And that time is here. That time is here. I remember the Lord speaking that when we were in the rescue mission. And that time is now and is here. And now nations are rising up to say, hey, we have an issue too. And that might be true. But when you take the Lord and Savior Christ Jesus out as the foundation, then chaos is going to enter in. When you take the Lord Jesus out, then many will be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And so it says false prophets will arise and deceive many because iniquity, because of iniquity and the fact that it shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many. Love, meaning love covers a multitude of sin. Meaning love that is patient, that is kind, that is long-suffering, that does not keep track of wrongs. That kind of love doesn't exist for many. This is what the Lord would say. Because iniquity, meaning we have an equality amongst our groups, amongst ourselves. And what he shared with me yesterday is we all have God's blood running through our veins. So if we go back to the concept of the heart, and that the heart is the vessel or the ventricle that goes and pumps blood to the CPU, then we all have a place to play in God's kingdom. No group is more than another. Amen? And so he was reminding me of the process when he said the criticalness is to acknowledge that God is Christ over everything. Over the white, over the black, over a person that has a sexual orientation, over a person that is a murderer, over a person that um, is doing the will of God, over the person that's not doing the will of God. He's saying he reigns over the just and the unjust. So it is our time to leave it to him, for him to do the business, and it's for us to lift it up in prayer. Amen? The second point that I'd like to share with you all on today, and we're almost coming to the end. CPR ain't that big. Three, three letters. So the second one is process. And the process of the critical process of recovery is confessing our sins. And verse 2, Jesus took action. And he told, excuse me, it says take action. Because Jesus told his disciples to take heed. To be mindful, and it denotes that the one has the consciousness to know right from wrong. So when we're in the process, we have the consciousness to know, are we doing the will of God? Are we operating for what he said for us to do? Are we even checking in to see what God has for us to do? Or are we just all on our own tangent, walking in the way that we think is right? And if we're doing the latter, then there's a man called Satan. There's a man called Lucifer who painted that story for us. I don't want to walk in that way. So I'm continuously saying, should I be doing this? Just because I can and I'm big and grown and able does not mean I should be doing this. What do you want me to do in this situation? I heard a term called wait. 
Why am I talking? Wait. So that's what I'm applying to various situations in my life. Wait. Why am I talking? Wait. Why am I trying? Wait. Why am I being tempted? Wait. When we know what is expected, when we know what the will of God is for our life because we opened up the Bible, the scripture says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So when we're reading his word, we're actually ingesting and getting the uh, fluids and the vitamins so that we can be able to leave and move and do things that we need to do. Process, confess. Process, understand the consciousness. Process, do something. We have to do something in this. And then the third one is recovery. CPR, critical process of recovery. We have to rebuild our belief system. And rebuilding begins with the element of faith. And faith, as we know, is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the substance, which is the pupiostasis, which is the which means logos, and logos means word. So, hugos is the substance of things. Excuse me. Pupiostasis is substance. Logos is things. So, it's the evidence of things not seen. So, what I mean by that is recovery begins right here in your heart. Right here, knowing that this situation, this too shall pass. Recovery begins with an awareness in your mind. I have to believe that the God that I serve sees me in this circumstance. I have to believe that the God that I serve cares about me in this circumstance. And I have to believe that the God that I serve will deliver me from this circumstance. Amen? And if we believe it, we can achieve it, if we believe it. And so the thing about CPR is somebody has to be there for you in order for your cardiopulmonary resuscitation to occur. And somebody needs you in order for that cardiopulmonary resuscitation to occur. You need someone in order for your critical process of recovery to be activated, and somebody needs you. The scripture says, love your brother as you love yourself. Amen? And so what I want to leave for everyone on today is CPR is a part of our ministry. Doing CPR is a part of us stopping the bleeding but allowing the blood to still flow. We have a whole heap of God's children that need to hear the blood, the blood, the blood. That the blood of Jesus saves, the blood of Jesus arises, and the blood of Jesus corrects. We need to be that vessel. We need to go wherever the aqueduct, as we were learning on today, takes us. The water of the word needs to travel to those dry and desolate places. 
The water of God's word needs to travel to the people who may not understand because they have not been churched. Right. Yeah. Amen. The blood, the water of God's word needs to return to the people who have been church hurt. Amen. And the blood of Jesus needs to come and repair and restore our hearts so that we can, as the scripture says, out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths shall speak. It's the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood that enacts. It is the blood that corrects, and it is the blood that draws us near. So as I close on today, remember that when you see someone who is unconscious, when you see someone that has a heart attack based on being church hurt or based on being world stuck, when you see that, don't just listen to that person and participate in those woes. Perform CPR. Conform, perform the cranial pulmonary resuscitation process. Perform the critical process of recovery. Continue to pour God's word on that person and let them know that this too shall pass. Let them know that Christ rose for your sin. Let them know that Jesus is alive. And no matter what you are experiencing, no matter what the challenge is, if you put your faith in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, if you put your mind stayed on Christ, then he is the God that will move any worry and put it into perspective. Oh, I love it, 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 I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Performing CPR is what our instruction is on this week. Won't you do it? Won't you go into your houses and do it? Won't you go into your family and do it and remind them CPR? And the last, last, last thing about CPR is the one who needs it don't even know they need it. They don't even know. When you're lying there unconscious and your blood has stopped, you don't know because you're not conscious. So we gotta take it to the ones who are walking around in a state of unconsciousness and plead the blood on them Amen. and perform the compression and take the action so that life can be restored and our lights can shine so that men can see us but glorify God which is in heaven. Let us all stand today as we take the notion of performance CPR back to our houses and our homes. And that someone will be reminded and often will see us and tap us on the shoulder and do compression on us. Because I want that to happen in my world. If you see me wandering aimlessly, stop me. Say, this is different. This is uncharacteristic of you. I want you to be able to know that Christ lives. And if you see me walking around as if he don't, then I need you to perform CPR on me. You don't got to do mouth to mouth. Don't be afraid. My government might not be all 
will turn out all right. All right, all right, all right. Amen, amen, amen. That concludes this message on today. Uh, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. Faith is belief in action. And then the very last thing that I put, and that's, like I said, he said all of these. According to James 22 and 26, as the body with the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That's the very last line in this message. So God wants you to know that faith is needed in order for CPR to take place. Have the faith and enact CPR on all those around you. As we lift up our Lord in heaven, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share the goodness of your word, uh, to share the levity of your word, and to share the deepness of your word. Allow it to be dropped down, allow someone to water it. We know you will give it the increase. Lord, take this message, this man message that you have declared on today, and allow it to penetrate in the hearts and minds of your people that they may regurgitate it to those in need. And Lord, those who are in our virtual land, whenever they see this message, God, prick their spirits. Allow the blood to have the compression so that it can flow through their arteries and that the command center, the CPU of their brain, may direct them back to the hunger and thirsting for righteousness, which can only be found in you. And Lord, I thank you for providing everyone an opportunity to do the ABCs, to confess with their mouth, to believe, excuse me, to acknowledge with all their ways, to believe that you died and rose again for their sins, and to confess that you are Lord in their lives, that Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, is Lord. And we will be certain and just to give you the glory that no matter what, no matter what, that we're able to drop that word off and give you the glory and allow you to let it manifest. Marinate in some and manifest quickly as you deem appropriate. We thank you as we leave from this place, but never, ever, ever from your presence. We ask that you keep watchful eye upon us, protecting us, leading us, guiding us mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially, and most of all, spiritually. That on the next occasion, we might be able to find each other and say, it is well with me, it is well with my family, and it is well with my soul. I thank you for this word in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Amen. we have three different ways that you can give one way is using the Giveify app by downloading Giveify using your iOS or Android device and search the King's Healing Room where you will see our senior pastor Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo you also can use our text to give here how it works there are five steps step one text 
give to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hill Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is tkhroffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.